Welcome, boys and babes, to our little life-giving podcast we so gratefully live our bliss through. It's the Magic Hour, a place where we navigate through life's peaks and valleys with all the vulnerability and shamelessness we can muster. With the help of world-class guests from all walks of life, we uncover new truths and valuable tools for manifesting our highest potential. I'm your host, Mercedes Terrell, along with my partner in shine, Jade Bryce. Hey, you guys. Our special guest for you today is Alima Leigh McFarlane. You may know her as the Illuminator. Mm-hmm. Everyone that I know that knows her speaks so highly of her and just adores her. So I'm really excited to have her on our show. Yes. And sitting cage side at her fights is always an amazing experience. I'm super stoked to be recording with her today as well. Um, so yes. let's get Alima Leigh on, shall we? Yeah. Without further ado, let me introduce the Bellator Women's flyweight world champion she is 10 and 0 undefeated y'all she was born and raised in hawaii and has climbed her way to the top of the fight game not only because she's an incredibly skilled martial artist but because of the unwavering support her family and her massive hometown fan base have given her too P.S. She's nominated for Female Fighter of the Year. We both mm-hmm. voted for her. Just <laughs> saying. Um, please help me welcome Elima Lay, the Eliminator McFarlane, to the Magic Yay. Hour. Hi. Is this live? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not live, sorry. <laughs> not live, live, but we live are recording. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, so, Elima, um, I'm, I'm always curious with things like, even though I've been in MMA for 10 years, I'm still curious when it comes to MMA or like professional bull riding what it is that initially drew you Mm -hmm. to the sport um so my story is actually we joke that I'm the accidental champ because (laughs) I literally walked into an MMA gym like having no clue about anything Mm. and I was just like oh I need to lose weight you know I just I'm a fat overweight college student that just finished up my undergrad and I have a summer off and I want to get into shape And so, yeah, I just walked into this gym on my way to work because I used to wait tables Mm. at Coco's. And so, yeah, I stopped in and it was the home of Liz Carmouche. So she was the one at the front desk who greeted me. And then Mm. she's like, oh, why don't you try our MMA class? It's an introductory class with Manolo Hernandez. So I did that and it just went from there. I just kept going back every day. And so... um, yeah, it, it all kind of just happened. So you were on just accident. a natural. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Did you know right away like this is my shit? Like I I need no. to be here. Okay. I didn't know until like my fourth fight with Bellator. <laughs> really? I was like, oh, okay, maybe I can do oh, this. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it was a while before I w- I. So you're already in the cage when you found oh, out. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing here? Uh, so yeah, it, it took a while for me to finally accept it. That okay. Yeah, I'm guessing pretty good at this. We can do this. Yeah, that's um, a real fake it till you make it strategy there, girl. So, yeah, dude, I, I'm <laughs> like the trying. poster child of that. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. cool. Is that a strategy you use in your life outside of this? I yes, mean... I'm the best bullshitter. No, I, I, mean, like, <laughs> I, I always said I wasn't ever the smartest kid in class, but I was really good with the professors. I was really mm. good with, you know, all the teachers and everything. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, 
I really, I feel like I did fake it till I made it yeah. in, in MMA. Hmm. Yeah, and we talk a lot about this on the show of uncovering this, you know, layers of veil or whatever you want to call it, these veils of, of lies that we tell ourselves for a lot of our life instead of realizing that we already are whatever it is we're, you know, trying to step yeah. into or faking it towards or whatever it is. And then, like you said, four fights in on your professional, you know, Bellator record you suddenly go, all right, I guess that's enough proof. Yeah, yeah. I, I am that thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that it's all just self-doubt and mm-hmm. and your own self-critic. Yeah. That was um, what I thought was, was what was like the fakeness about mm-hmm. this whole situation. It was just, it was just self-doubt. And so once, once uh, I was able to navigate that, then, then yeah, I, yeah. I made it. It's like that Rumi <laughs> quote, um, what you are seeking is seeking you mm-hmm. because it's like if that desires in you it's already a part of who you are yeah so yeah absolutely so speaking of faking it till you make it i know this isn't part of that but this is a big way that you have made your way to this this championship um underwater training oh yeah so tell us about what that all is and how it's benefited you mindset-wise, keeping you focused, keeping you from being anxious and all those things that yeah, I'm sure absolutely. everybody battles with. Oh, and that's super crazy because last night I actually had a dream that I passed out underwater. Because <gasps> oh like, I'm like wrestling somebody underwater and I just, you know, yeah. just went unconscious. Right. Wow. Um, but so... <laughs> Going off of that, like this underwater training, I implemented into my camp getting ready for Bellator Hawaii. And it just seemed appropriate. Like Bellator Hawaii, I'm an island girl. Yeah. I grew up surrounded by water and everything. But I, I never really considered myself a, a water mammal. I was always a land mammal. Uh-huh. Like I did all my sports on land. Hmm. And, you know, I grew up playing basketball, volleyball, soccer, wrestling. Um, so, yeah, even though I did grow up at the beach and everything like I never considered myself a water person and then but I decided to start training with these guys uh, they are called deep end fitness slash underwater torpedo league and they're actually former special ops marines Mm -hmm. who were water survivalist instructors and so when they uh, got out of the military then they created this program to train elite athletes so I discovered them because my one of my high school classmates, Manti Teo, you guys may have heard of him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's uh, he was training with them in San Diego. So I saw him doing that on his Instagram. I was like, oh, that looks pretty cool. So he invited me to a practice, and I instantly saw all the benefits. And you know, as I always say too, that the physical benefits are just byproducts of the mental benefits. Mm-hmm. Like again, being underwater. And being cut off from your air source uh, sends people into a panic. It's yeah. one thing to hold your breath above water because, you know, you're like, oh, I can still breathe. Right. But when you're actually submerged and, like, completely cut off from any mm-hmm. air source and, like, if you try to breathe, you're going to swallow right. water. You have um, no choice, literally. Yeah, yeah. Then that kind of uh, sets you into a fight or flight mode. Mm-hmm. And so training with these guys has really... Uh, taught me how to uh, calm that fight or flight mode uh, learn how to use it, learn how to use it in the cage um, and learn how to just not panic and freak out so I I, like totally stand by these guys, I I believe in what they're doing, I'm like 
this is legit and more and more fighters are actually um, getting on board with it yeah. too. Like even, you know, Dominic Cruz just hit me up yesterday and was like, hey, can we come to practice this week? Hmm. We just had Tatiana Suarez come join us last week. Uh, Michelle Watterson uh, wants to do it. So it's really cool to see it expanding because I think these guys, Prime, Don, Ricky, them, they all deserve like all the recognition. These guys are some of the most badass people I've ever met. Mm, yeah. It's really cool. It's, a, it's such a... I mean, it gives you such an edge, for sure. I can see why. Yeah. And it's really smart to play that out however, in any way you can. I mean, you see people doing, you know, the now, I guess, old school way would be the um, high altitude training. Which, yeah. you know, there's so many alternative methods that we try and find the edge in, in these high level um, athletic sports. With um, the la- when we were in Hawaii for the Bellator event, we were there all these surfers came to the event. That was really cool because they happened to be having a pipeline mm-hmm. going on at the same time as our event. And I know that a lot of those guys, including like Kelly Slater, you know, train jujitsu. And I feel like that mindset mm. transfers over from these big wave surfers of like, how do we keep our calm and our cool in these circumstances? Like you're talking about, we're deep underwater. We have no choice but to figure out how to lower our heart rate mm-hmm. so that we don't expend all of our energy before we can surface and take our next breath. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's the specific example that we use when we go over um, like our briefing in the beginning of our sessions. Uh, one of the letters of the acronym that we use is uh, extreme relaxation. And it's, uh, yeah, we give the example of the surfers, like what happens if they get, if they wipe out and they're underwater if they stiffen up or if they start panicking, they're going to lose all their breath. Yeah. But if they just go with the flow, then they're going to be able to conserve their energy, um, conserve whatever oxygen they have left in their yeah. tank and before they're able to resurface. And just figuring out what, you know, what's real as far as fear goes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is this fear really something I need to expend this en- extra energy that I don't have a lot of, you know, yeah. or... Do I go, okay, you know what, this situation I know how to get out of, I'm going to use all my tools and I'm going to figure my way out. Yeah, and just Mm -hmm. mastering, coming back to your breath, like um, I practice with plant medicine regularly and with ayahuasca, in the very beginning of your journey, you're often either in the cosmos or underwater. And when you're underwater, you, you almost feel like you're about to die, like you are struggling to breathe and you feel like you're at the bottom of the ocean. And it's really helped my anxiety outside of practicing medicine because I've had to learn to just come back to my breath when I feel like there's that shallow, I just have to like sit and like take the deep belly breaths. So I bet you that's... Is that a metaphor then, like being underwater? So for like the ayahuasca journey, is that a metaphor for like being um, in like deep anxiety versus like being in the cosmos being you know most people are in the cosmos and I'm almost always underwater and I think it is because something that mother ayahuasca is always working with me on is my anxiety so mm. I think so because sometimes I feel like I'm drowning you but know, it's in real a life. hallucinogens you're actually feeling like you're mm-hmm. or oh, seeing that you're okay. underwater yeah. but I think what you're saying is oh, I see like if you think about dream state or something usually it's a it's very it's tied to what's really going on mm-hmm. in your own Got subconscious mm-hmm. so yeah it kind of both okay. yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know from personal experience on ayahuasca yeah. but from what i've heard from her it mm-hmm. sounds like a both on that yeah. so uh before we got on you were talking a little bit about the fact that you're going over to one of the dakotas where you're going for sundance south ceremony? dakota, south dakota. Yeah. so tell us about what that all entails because that's yeah. a whole nother interesting yeah. alternative 
yeah. method there. So, um, so every once a week, back in San Diego, I actually participate in a sweat ceremony or a sweat lodge mm-hmm. ceremony with my. We, I call them my sweat family, but they are actually the Sequan. Uh, Sequan band of the Kumeyaay Nation out in San Diego. So, uh, and even though this is a Lakota tradition, they were they were trained um, to uh, put on these ceremonies. Okay. And so, I part I participate in a sweat ceremony every week with them, and they also participate in the Sundance mm-hmm. ceremony. Which, Break that down. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, to my knowledge, and I'm not I'm by no means an expert on this. So, if anybody's listening and is like, "That's wrong," <laughs> I apologize. We have a disclaimer at the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, they they invited me to come and watch and just be there to support uh, their Sundance ceremony, which is going to be held in uh, I think it's like an hour outside of Rapid City, but it's basically a it's it's about like a week long ceremony, but um the the there's four main days where they are fasting, so no food or water mm. for four days, oh and they're dancing around a tree. Um, I didn't know no water. Yeah, no water. Wow. So it's so yeah. We we all go up on the hill and um, yeah, they dance from basically like sun up till sundown, and I think they're able to rest throughout the night. Okay. But um, yeah, no food or water. And do they um, do sweat lodge there too? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they do, but I I do know that they also some might pierce their. Mm. Skin. I think some mm-hmm. men might pierce their skin and and um, dance around the tree until the skin breaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if any of the women do that, but I'm going to go and watch my auntie, um, my auntie Julie, do it. And so, even though I don't need to actually do anything, I'm challenging myself in support of her to do the fast yeah. with them. And it's so interesting too. I I always think of them whenever I'm cutting weight for my fights Mm. because it's not fun. I probably fast for like two days when I cut weight and then like I have one day of no water Mm. and then I'm doing the uh, salt baths and you know Mm. it's pretty miserable but I always think of them and I'm actually Mm. always playing the their songs and their mm. chants whenever That's I'm in so the tub. Cool. Yeah. And then I have my sage with me and I yeah. put it in so the water. So it becomes like a spiritual experience. Exactly. Yeah. And so once I've been sweating with them for about two years. Uh and once I started doing uh the sweat ceremonies with them and once I was able to like look at weight cutting as a spiritual practice mm-hmm. rather than like, oh this sucks. It's yeah. something I have to do for my job. Then it just changed it for me. And it's actually something that I don't necessarily look forward to, but it's something that, like, I know is, like, cleansing yeah. my body. It's cleansing my spirit. Yeah. And I always think of them. I was like, this is nothing. Like, imagine Auntie Julie up there for four mm. days without food or water, dancing. You know, I'm just on the treadmill for half an hour. So, <laughs> But um, still, yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, given me a completely different perspective about everything. That's mm. a magic trick right there, just turning yeah. some pain into something that actually... I mean, it has so much benefit for you, not only your career, okay, obviously, that you're coming up into yeah. a fight, too, but just generally cell autophagy and, and detox and all the things that are happening mm-hmm. for your physical body. Mm-hmm, and then, yeah. of course, your mental side of things. That That's what, like you said, yeah. Yeah. mental first. And even yeah. asking, too, like, what else can I shed during this? 
yeah you know, mm-hmm. metaphor. do you feel like that comes up a lot when you're in that that um let's call it the the purge or the yeah, you know yeah. because it really purge is right is. You're, you're purging all this stuff out of your body yes you're trying Absolutely. to get to a certain weight but at the same time you're losing you're dropping some stuff yes. off so do you feel like especially mentally you have some big epiphanies or awakenings mm-hmm. or what happens in that for you i for sure do and uh yeah like a, a lot of people are concerned about the weight cuts and everything but i actually think it's really healthy because mm-hmm. fasting yeah. is healthy when done right it's completely healthy you regenerate part yourself. of spiritual practices around the world exactly for millennia yeah. yeah um but i think that what a lot of people are missing is like that prayer component because mm-hmm. in a lot of indigenous uh traditions like for example plant medicine yeah um yeah you fast before yeah Yeah. and a lot of people are missing like that prayer component which actually unlocks the full potential Mm. of of these products so so for example like the cannabis Mm -hmm. people smoke it recreationally or or they might do it for healing but uh a lot of a lot of indigenous beliefs um think that yeah you're not unlocking the plant's full potential for healing plants meant to be yeah um by not praying or not setting your intention yeah. with it. And so I think that, yeah, by me transforming this uh, weight cut into a spiritual practice with the prayer component, mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm unlocking like the full or maximizing all the health benefits for my body yeah. and my mind. That is so and, cool. Yeah. And I've so, never heard anyone yeah, articulate it that way. way. Yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. And, and so I think that I definitely have had epiphanies. Um, I've, and actually like rewinding back to my underwater training to like that, we call it eliminating the drag. Like Mm -hmm. my mentor, Prime, uh, Prime Hall, he's the founder of this. And he, uh, again, it's not just physical work. Like he will sit down and talk to you about like, all right, what is holding you back? What is dragging Mm -hmm. you down? Like what's creating the drag? And he'll try to help you eliminate it and so God, I bet that really benefits once you're in the cage oh for sure yeah. like I've got rid of so many of my demons and like man and craziness like just in the water and you know and and yeah in the water in the salt bath too you know yeah. like in the pool and in the cut so and in the sweat ceremonies yeah like in this element of water just somehow like mm. cleanses. cleansing you yes. know, is, yeah. uh has has like I've tied together all of these all of yeah. these examples. What about figuring out how to be in the state of um depletion? You know, you're in the you, you have no food in your body. You have barely any water in your body. Mm. You're just at the verge of death. You know, yeah. you're knocking on death's door in some aspect. I get hangry after a couple hours of not eating. Mm-hmm. So, what is like figuring out how to be around people in those circumstances, I think there's got to be a lot of growth that happens just in that alone. Figuring uh-huh. out how do you live in this state of of want deprivation, deprivation. Yeah. But also, right? I think too, it goes into thinking like remembering everything is temporary. Like mm-hmm. when I fast, I act like I'm never gonna get pizza again for the rest of my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and I have to like keep telling myself I can have it in three days. This is temporary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. remembering that and all it goes into all areas of life. Like everything is temporary, the good mm-hmm. and the bad. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, the best example of that for me was actually Bellator Hawaii. Where, uh, yeah, like, I'm not the nicest person to be around when I'm cutting weight. And Bellator Hawaii, though, when I when I was home and I landed, 
And, like, I have no problem telling somebody off. Like, people will send you stupid messages. Mm -hmm. It'll be, like, my biggest pet peeve is people that's like, oh, how do you watch it? Or, like, how do you get tickets? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's called Google. Yeah. (laughs) Just just be resourceful. Just go. Like, I'm busy. I have a fight. Yeah. Don't worry about me. Yeah. Um, So, and those, normally those questions just annoy Mm -hmm. the crap out of me. And, like, I've gone off on, on several people, even at my gym. Or, like, people would ask, like, how are you feeling? How's the weight cut going? I'm just like, oh. How, do you, how the fuck do you think I'm feeling? <laughs> yeah. So, but when I, for Bellator Hawaii, and I knew it was going to be even crazier because it's Hawaii, it's my hometown. Mm-hmm. And when I landed uh, on the island, then I just, I was just like, Ilima, like everyone's just excited. You should be mm. grateful. Mm. You should practice gratitude mm. and patience. So yeah, even though I was depleted, I'm just like, just practicing gratitude just made it so mm. much easier yeah. and like I patiently responded to as many people as I could just because I was like they're coming to see you they love you um you know they want to support you so just again express your gratitude and it'll be fine and that was honestly the best fight week of my life I mm. think because just yeah. practicing gratitude the yeah. whole time that was such an amazing event start to finish really <laughs> what would you say is the toughest spot that you've been in mentally and it doesn't it can or cannot be related to MMA uh the toughest spot I've been in mentally was definitely like in between fights actually actually you know what it was probably after I I won the belt um and so that was in November of like 2017 and I had just won the belt. You'd think I'd be, like, at the top of the world. Like, this is the best day ever. But, well, I think a lot of it had to do, too, with my personal life. Like, um, my boyfriend at the time just, like, ghosted. Like, Mm. completely blocked me on everything. Like, it was crazy. I think it had to do because my brother tried beating him up in my fight. But whatever. (laughs) So. (laughs) be. But, yeah, completely ghosted me when we came back home. And it was, like, really, really difficult for me because, yeah, I'm one of those, like, when I'm in a relationship, like, I'm I'm yeah. in it. And, I'm, and then, you know, I wanted to share all of this mm-hmm. um, success and happiness with someone else. But, like, I was alone. And so that was super... And then on top of that, like, I felt as if I had reached the pinnacle of my career I everything that I set out to do I accomplished Mm -hmm. winning that belt and so I'm just like okay now what and a lot of people consider it the post-fight blues Mm -hmm. where like you're so focused and disciplined for these months leading up to your fight that once it's over then you're just like what now and so yeah I felt like really aimless after that and Mm. I just like didn't know what to do. I kind of went into this weird depression. Um, so I think that was the toughest mentally. But it was after that moment then I started um, reconnecting to my spiritual side. So it was actually after mm. that fight that I started mm. going to the sweat lodge. And I started, um, yeah, doing all these things. I actually I actually started going to therapy too the year after that. Mm. And um, But I think the biggest reason why I was able to come out of that was definitely connecting to a higher power and and to my spirituality so was your big would your biggest takeaway be just that you're you're not alone basically or yeah 
it, yeah. And I'm like, you know, even though you might not have romantic love, you have all this other love mm. from like so many other people, and so so much support. I mean, yeah. seriously, when you walk in the cage, you have a huge support system, yeah. and I'm yeah. sure outside of the cage, it's got to be just as yeah. strong. Yeah. I work for another fight league, and people were <clears throat> dashing out to go catch your fight. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're awesome. I love Invicta, but yeah. yeah, I I just once I realized that, then. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm a badass bitch. Like, if he doesn't want to be with me, then whatever. So, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I have all these other people That's that love good. me. So, yeah. It's so interesting how some of our most important realizations in life that cause us to grow rejection. so much come from the dark places, you know? Oh, yeah. totally. That's really, I think, all the, they all come from that, I want to yeah. say. But I'm sure, I'm sure beauty, like having a baby or something, mm-hmm. some miraculous thing happening, also you grow immensely from. I just haven't experienced that. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I always say, too, I, I kind of always joke about it because I'm like, you know, my life is so good in every other arena. Like, yeah. my career is going great. You know, all my family and friends and people I love are healthy. Like, everything's going amazing. So the balance is that my romantic life is just like. Yeah. Oh, it's not shit. even the balance. I think it's that your focus goes to that because everything else is already taken care of yeah. it's actually something when I met Chris and I knew like right away pretty much right away within the first two days of meeting him which we talk about on a different episode um that this was the one like that whole search was over or whatever I thought this Disney you know storybook love story or whatever mm-hmm. I was looking for in my life and when I knew that chapter of my life was closed as far as seeking out this person that's going to be part of my you know becoming a whole mm-hmm. person or whatever I thought at the time once that happened, I literally had what I call an awakening now, but I used to call a mental breakdown. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I had, you know, a crisis. Literally, I, I started having panic and anxiety for no apparent reason at all constantly. I got, you know, went to a therapist and started all these alternative um, therapies and every kind of thing you can think of went to every doctor you could think of seeking something outside of me to heal whatever was going on. But the reality was... I just f- suddenly had no longer the need to search this, you know, or or seek this thing that was taking up most of my brain space in life, you know, this other person I was looking for, mm-hmm. and now I had to focus on the shit that was really needing mm. to be looked at inside mm-hmm, of yeah. me. So, yeah, it is interesting, yeah. I guess. Whereas, good things do bring up this shit I'm yeah. coming yeah. to realize in this conversation. <laughs> Whereas I, f- I also feel like the times that my romantic life has had the biggest void has been the times that I've grown the most. Um, I'm now going on seven months of, um, I guess I can still say the word celibate. Oh I'm my like, gosh, me too. You are? <laughs> yeah, this is the longest. Seven months? <laughs> yeah, this wow. is the longest. I have a feeling it's going to go nine and then like something's going to, I don't know why the number are you, nine. Are you, but like, what did you choose celibate wise? Huh? Like you, you. I remember you made a oh, dedication. Oh, what my goal was? Yeah, you had. Originally I said three months. Right. And then I said, I, then I did a ceremony and I thought, you know, I think I'm going to do six. Okay. I went six and then I was like, okay, I'm available world. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are, seven months. <laughs> and it just, i i had only um, spent alone time with one guy, and it just didn't feel natural. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I felt almost like, who do I want to give my energy to? Mm-hmm. to though? Oh, 100%. Because now I feel a little bit more protective of my energy, and um, and 
being 35, a single mother of two toddlers, I just kind of feel a little bit more different than when I was in my 20s. I'm like, mm-hmm. here I am. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, so now, yeah, it's going on seven. and um, But I can honestly say in these seven months, I have felt more woman-like mm. than ever. Um, what does that mean? More, more feminine. Like, mm. I've, I think because I've gotten to... I already knew my body, but I've, I've met, I've had to, not during the celibacy period, but after that ended, I've learned to meet my own desires Mm. in a very like feminine way without needing the masculine, but also, um, cultivating the masculine within me because I don't have Mm. it coming in from the outside. And so I feel a a stronger backbone Mm -hmm. as well and a stronger sense of being able to set boundaries. Um, and so it's been a really amazing growth tool yeah um and also i've realized how sensual i actually am because my last relationship being so tumultuous Mm, i thought my sex drive was gone Mm -hmm. that's a good but it wasn't it's because i was in fight or flight mode and now that that's been taken out now i have all these urges as well because it's been so long that i'm like oh i am a sexual being yeah yeah Yeah. so it's been actually really nice um and um, How about you? Have you? Yeah, oh I've like yeah, everything you? you say just now. I'm just like yes. ditto, <laughs> yes. ditto. Like yes. I, um, this again. This is the longest that I've gone mm-hmm. celibate, and it's so nice too because I recently went to Planned Parenthood to get my birth control. Mm-hmm. And um, by the way, I love Planned Parenthood. Yeah, like, shout I'm out. So pro yep. Planned Parenthood. Shout out. Uh, Not sure about synthetic hormones, but that's a whole other situation. I know. I'm getting it, but I do like to get the. No, but, we, but I'm so glad Planned Parenthood. <laughs> but we are is supportive there. of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and. Um, so I, I just went recently, and so they're doing their, their usual, you know, background check. They're like, have you been using um, protection, right. uh, condoms, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, abstinence. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, I've never been able to say that before, yeah, yeah. so it's really cool. But yeah, at first, it started, the celibacy journey didn't start off, like, intentionally. I wasn't like, I'm going to be celibate. It was like, I my last relationship ended in January, and... Um, yeah, and I guess I I did kind of make a little th- like I have these weird hairs. I have an undershave right on my okay. the back of my head, and there's these um, small baby hairs that that I'm trying to grow out. And so I told myself, all right, when it grows out long enough to be able to put into a ponytail, then that's when you can date. Oh. And then so recently, I actually like just started dating. I made like a hinge profile. <laughs> that's <laughs> what I made. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You can find these girls on Hinge. Yeah, so literally, literally with it, like a month ago, I started. I was like, okay, I think I'm ready. Um, That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and it's the same exact. It's exactly what you said. Like these guys, I just don't really vibe with. And normally, like I, you know, when I was in my early twenties, I would probably mm-hmm. be like, okay, I'm whatever's. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now I'm much more selective of who I share my energy with, mm-hmm. and I feel like I've had so much clarity in these past months, like finally getting over that carnal desire Mm. um i've just had so much clarity and like um yeah it's funny there's this there's one of my i consider him my good friend now but i guess before he was like a dating prospect but like we i took him home with me and we like slept in the same bed the entire time did not even touch each other everybody's like is he gay i'm like i don't know <laughs> you know i think this is just what self-respect yeah feels like. <laughs> <laughs> and this you're is, probably uh, also because of where you've been these last couple of months you're putting out also maybe a different a little bit energy, different boundary energy. Yeah. yeah and like 
And I'm like, you know, there's actually some guys out there who just who don't actually want to sleep with you right off the bat. They mm. actually want to get know, to know get you, to know you. Does and that so, exist? I, yeah. Exist. And so it's just it's been really nice. And actually, when you were saying about how you're trying to like balance your masculine and feminine energies, mm. that totally hit home because I actually just had my last therapy session on Friday and um so she's actually uh, a hypnotherapist mm-hmm. and she has apprenticed under shamanic healers as well mm. so she you know she she has that like very spiritual yeah. side of her and so when I updated her on everything I initially started seeing her because of my past relationship it was supposed to be couples counseling and it ended up being like Mm. Me by myself. But I kept going to her even though the relationship had ended because I'm like, no, I need to heal myself. Yeah. And um, so anyway, it was our last session on Friday and I had so much to update her on because I didn't see her since before my last fight. So, you know, I told her about my fight. I told her about, um, you know, the new guy I was kind of seeing that doesn't touch me, but it's okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And and just I was like, I don't know what else to tell you because everything is is amazing right now mm-hmm. so she's like okay i was like is there like a closing ceremony or like a goodbye ceremony to send me off so she's like we're gonna do some sand play so she pulls out this um you know this tub full of sand uh-huh. and you know she she puts me under a, a light hypnosis and was like okay you're gonna go and collect objects to take you forward in your journey um like whatever your higher self is calling to. So mm-hmm. she has these shelves with all these, anything you can think of, like all these dolls, there's like creepy clowns in it and mm. just, you know, all these figurines. So I grabbed um, several objects, but something was telling me like, you need to take with you some type of phallic object. Mm. And mm. for some, I just kept tell, I just kept telling myself like, it needs to be something phallic. So she also has all these crystals everywhere. And I just, I saw one, and I was like, that's the one. And I grabbed it, and so I put that in the middle of the sand, surrounded by the other objects. So I told her the story of everything, and she's like, okay, now what about that object? I was like, you know, just, I feel as if something, I, I need to, I, I needed like a masculine object, kind of, to tell me that it's okay to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so strong or I'm so like nurturing where I want to take care of somebody mm-hmm. and I think that's my problem is that like I need to learn how to how to be taken Receive. care of mm-hmm. yes exactly and to just like balance my masculine and feminine energies mm-hmm. like I feel like I'm very masculine like all yeah. my objects were very like masculine yeah and um and so I was like I just kind of need to learn how to balance that feminine side because that's when I'm gonna find true inner peace and maybe mm-hmm. maybe once I've find that then that's when you know I might find my life partner I don't know and so she's like do you know what that is I was like nope she's like so that is literally a stone for balancing masculine and feminine no energies way. wow like, what and she like pulled up the description and I'm just like all right <laughs> this is perfect like yeah. I'm in like, alignment yes yeah. <laughs> like this is amazing that is so cool yeah so it's on my I I, I it's on my bedside table and like every cool. morning I kind of just play with it I'm yeah like, mm. balance and so. remember yeah uh I don't know why it brings to mind when you were speaking about um Marijuana. You're speaking about plant medicine being something that in the yeah tribes will want to do ceremony around it and make Uh it a ritualistic thing, not just I'm going to smoke some weed just to smoke some weed. Mm -hmm. And when you were talking about that, I thought about um, 
even food. You know, mm. if we take the time to say, yeah. you know, people say prayers, obviously, over food. But pray and, and, and speak into the food. But speak in your intention yeah. of how you want this food to nourish your body. Mm-hmm. Or like you're holding your rock, you know, knowing something that's a reminder and, and something you set time Make aside to play mm-hmm. with this rock. Or, you know, just to look at it and think about the fact that you are making an intention to step into a more balanced state. Mm-hmm. That's right there. Just that um mindfulness Mm -hmm. is really that's really all we need to do like literally in every second of our lives we can figure out how do we be more mindful in this moment i think we begin the healing every time we do that you don't even have to really actually do anything you're just setting an intention and in doing that you're already stepping into this vibration you Mm -hmm. know this energy space that you want to be and yeah then you become it it's Mm -hmm. like simple science but it's not simple somehow yeah we confuse ourselves so Normally we do a magic trick after the show, like as we close it off, but I'm going to do mine now um, with oh. you guys and then Mercedes will this have her. so impromptu. After. So, <laughs> so my shaman, um, we did a ceremony, all women ceremony, mm-hmm. but my intention was to step into my masculine side as a single mother to be able to provide both roles to my children. And so, um, you know, your right side represents your masculine side. And your left left side represents your feminine side. So um, on on the medicine, on Huachuma, um, we raised both hands and we like thanked our masculine side, set an intention um, and wrapped it around our feminine side. So like we were, our masculine was holding our feminine and then our feminine, we did the same. We, we spoke a prayer and an intention into our feminine side and then put the hand over our masculine side, like mm. caressed it. And so it's like a way of intentionally like balancing that within and like allowing your masculine to embrace your feminine and your feminine to caress your masculine Mm. and like let them work together. But when I, of course, on the medicine, it was extremely powerful. And I was like, I am all I need. (laughs) (laughs) I was sitting there like this in the middle of a labyrinth. (laughs) Um, But I still do that. Like whenever I'm feeling lack on either side. Um, or feeling like I need a balance, I take my right and I embrace my feminine. I take my feminine hand and I embrace, I caress my masculine. And it, there's something when you do it like with the intention and with the, the mindset of like wanting to be whole, it, it really inside you feel mm-hmm. a balancing. So, and even mm-hmm. just crossing that median line in mm-hmm. you, um, does I like, I was taught, um, that whenever I was triggered about something, mm. like I needed to, you need to cross the median because mm. that helps like balance out your left and right brain mm. and and whatever is like triggering yeah. it. So like like I would I would like even just doing this mm. would help calm kind of like disperse the anxiety or whatever mm-hmm. was going on. So I feel like that also kind of has the embrace has, has mm. the yeah same, yeah some type of healing definitely crossing yeah. over mm-hmm. or I mean you're you're asking yourself to do exactly that yeah i like that trick (laughs) that was good so we ask everyone who comes on the show a few questions and so first off if you could give your younger self a hug what would you say can be whatever younger self needed the hug most yeah (laughs) um i would actually probably give like my early 20s in college a hug because mm-hmm. mm. I think I had that was when I had the lowest self-esteem about myself and um, 
I was not selective about who I shared my energy with. Yeah. And so that's also like that's always been something that has kind of like if I ooh, I'm just like oh gosh, like, <laughs> if I could change something, like you know, just give myself more self esteem. Mm-hmm. Um and and tell myself that like this is temporary. Um so yeah, I I would just say that that like you're beautiful and you're not always going to feel like this about yourself. Yeah. You're going to you're going to love yourself one day. And isn't it interesting though if you would have done that, let's say, you're you would have come to yourself and and that would have made an impact on your let's say 25-year-old self or whatever. It might have changed your trajectory to step into an MMA gym to lose weight and then become, yeah. you know, what yeah. you've become and gone through the things you've become. Yeah, and and even like um you know with that toxic relationship I was in I used to feel like I wish I never met him yeah. if I could have changed mm. something it was literally like so that I would not exactly like I have learned the most I yeah. think from from all of those just times. realizing to accept and, yeah. yeah and so I'm like no I'm actually very grateful for yeah having my heart broken all those times because mm-hmm. yeah I feel like um it, it really one of did my teach mantras me. is Thank you, asshole, for helping me grow. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd say life is happening for you and not to yes. you. And that's the yeah. same, yeah, same mm-hmm. idea of all that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, um, feels, feels your feels on that, <laughs> both of you. If you could have the whole world read one book, which would it be? Hmm. Gosh. Um, I think uh, it, just because this has been on my mind lately... Uh, the obstacle is the way. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, Sheridan. I don't know, but I can. Kevin we'll, Sheridan. We'll I make think. sure it's in the notes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just because we're just we're talking about yeah. adversity yeah. and how you can grow from all of these um, mm-hmm. great situations. Book. Yeah. So like, the obstacle is the way teaches you to like. It's just what the title is saying. Like the obstacle is is not an obstacle. Is actually. Um, it's an opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seek the pain for positive gain. Like yeah. What we like to say on, yeah. on here. Um, if you could whisper one phrase to everyone in the world, what would it be? Oh, uh, that's hard. I know. Um, <laughs> I could whisper one phrase to everybody. It can be one word if you want it, but. I said, love is my religion. Mm. 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 I'm. It's my like uh, internet domain name at home. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I, I feel like I could find much deeper answers to all I of these, that. but I'm no, kind of just no, like, great answers. I mean, love. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it just makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Be love or mm-hmm. I love you or any yeah. of things mm-hmm. that make you feel like love is the answer. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. Mm-hmm. Well, Alima, before we let you go, where can everybody find you on the internet? And is there anyone that you want to thank? Yeah. Uh, so my all my social media handles is at Eliminator. So I L I M A N A T O R. Um, thank you to all my spiritual mentors. For <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I actually didn't know what this podcast was about. Um, I thought it was gonna be like you guys are asking me MMA questions. Uh-huh. So I was super stoked when you guys started talking about plant medicine. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I was like, oh, 
oh, this is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I have my medicine bag on me right now. Aww. So, yeah, this is um, awesome. So I was just guided here by a higher sure. power. Yeah. And we should totally do some plant medicine ceremonies. <laughs> yeah. We like to give the MMA fans a different taste of yeah. their favorite fighters. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. We're the ring girls. We're not, like, analysts, you know. We're not <laughs> trying to be experts in yeah. the sport. But we happen to be around you guys, these amazing athletes that use alternative therapies and mm-hmm. medicines and you know ways of going about becoming the most amazing athletes yeah. um, they are so mm-hmm. which you're a great yeah. example of so yeah. thank you for coming on the Thanks show for thank yes, you awesome. you're amazing <laughs> stop <laughs> oh. we had such a great recording with Elima you guys just experienced it um and here we are. It's been actually a couple months since we recorded that, since yeah. as we announced early in that episode, we recorded it at the MMA Awards in Vegas. I think it was in March. Mm-hmm. And so a lot has happened no, since then. No, it was July 4th. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why is it? Why? Why? Oh, my God. March was oh, so Oh, because March ago. was our event. Yeah. Uh, our live event. It's okay. The year has just turned into one big podcast Look. episode. <laughs> Look, we're doing our best, all right? And Y'all know what it's like. Anywho. Anywho. Yeah. A lot's happened since July as well, Jade. <laughs> <laughs> as you can tell, we're recording this little end cap on this episode late in the evening because Jade's delirium laugh is already kicking in. <laughs> oh. <sighs> so... We recorded that in July, and now we are here at home in late September. (laughs) (laughs) About to air this episode. Yeah, and we're just going to do our magic tricks for you guys, but something that was really cool is that um, a couple weeks after we recorded with Alima, she actually did come to Austin, and we did a plant medicine ceremony. So um, we did it. We did it, you guys. We did it. (laughs) I didn't do it. You guys did it. (laughs) Mercedes wanted me to bring cameras, but um, imagine you guys. Can you? But um, I like I like how I talk to the audience like they're in the room with me. Let's just say that they are. But <laughs> in a in a way, but yeah, it was really cool. It was cool that like just a couple weeks after that she actually followed up and and um, had an incredible experience. Maybe we can have her on the show in the future and and we can talk about that. But for now, since I already did yeah. my magic trick. Impromptu, what is yours, Mercedes? Yes, um, and I loved your your impromptu magic trick this episode. I'm really going to try and do that. It feels like I'm fondling myself when I do it. <laughs> do it <laughs> to myself right Maybe now, that's but what you in need. context. Maybe that's what I need. You're right. That's probably the feminine side, huh? <laughs> um, all right, so my magic trick today comes from Glennon Doyle's book, mm. Love Warrior. Yes, you love Glennon Doyle. I know she's on our she's, on she's our one dream of list. our dream guests. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe she'll hear this and she'll she'll just say, <laughs> "I have to get on the magic hour." <laughs> what have I been thinking all this time? Okay, so from her book, this is the excerpt that I wrote down. It says, "We think that our job as humans is to avoid pain." Our job as parents is to protect our children from pain. And our job as friends is to fix each other's pain. Maybe that's why we all feel like failures so often. Mm. Because we all have the wrong job description of love. People who are hurting don't need avoiders, protectors, or fixers. 
What we need are patient, loving witnesses, people who sit quietly and hold space for us, people to stand in the helpless visual, vigil, how do I say that word? Vigil. Helpless vigil? Yeah. (laughs) Vigil? Mm -hmm. People to stand in the helpless vigil to our pain. And she also says, pain is often the receipt of love. It's proof that we paid the price. It's holy, Mm. perfect, exactly right. So let's quit grabbing away each other's pain and instead just say, I see your pain. And thank you for trusting me to share it with me. I'll sit with you in it. Mm. So I just thought, especially right now, that's something that really resonated with me because I feel like of late I'm in this like, I'm noticing that I have been in this magician archetype where I basically am trying to fix people or, you know, I just I'm a a constant fixer and I'm really in my (coughs) logic, like analyzing side of my brain Mm -hmm. that's always just trying to almost mathematically put together. It's hard, though, because I don't see that as a fault in you. That's something that I really find a value in you because I know sometimes it's like a tough love. Like I remember one time I was insecure about something and I was like, well, I guess he met somebody and you were like, please tell me why you think he met somebody like (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, God, okay, forget it. You're right. Um, So I appreciate that. And I think that I with my partners tend to be a magician because I'm, you know, and with my kids, because we, we see their potential and we want to raise them to it. But with my friends, sometimes I feel like I don't have enough of what you offer. And so I get so in my head of like, well, how can I help them the most? How can I help them the most? So I, I understand what you're saying, but I also think that it's very valuable. Um, I appreciate that because I mean, it's something I'm self-conscious about at some times like I also appreciate it in myself you know Mm -hmm. not to sound as humble but of course being able to fix your own problems that's how it came came about in me is like okay I gotta be independent I gotta fix this thing I gotta figure it out for myself Mm -hmm. and so I use logic to do that but I find that the uh, that idea that like magician archetype the fixer can become an imbalance where Mm -hmm. you're suddenly not able to even be soft for yourself. Mm-hmm. You're not able to be the like safe space yeah. that your friends come to. And instead they, mm. they may go seek other, you know, counsel with people who are going to just hold them for a while instead of be so rigid. So I guess what I think, because I, under, I, I think that too about the safe space, but I have the thing about how you do it. It may, it's never, it's always made me feel like, man, Mercedes really fucking cares. And I've also never mm-hmm. come to you and you not been there. And so that's how I see it as a safe space. But if you're, if you, you know your heart and you know what you're feeling, if you felt like you were trying to fix somebody instead of actually help them, then that would be magician, I think. And I think mm-hmm. I've always felt like you were trying to help me and not fix me. Yeah, I certainly come from the conscious mindset. I, I'm trying to help somebody the mm-hmm. way I would think I would want to be helped because obviously that's... But I think sometimes with our kids and our family members mm-hmm. and our lovers, we can be trying to fix instead, so... Or we see their potential instead of their actuality in the moment. Mm-hmm. The actuality is they need to be held right now. Mm-hmm. And later, they'll come around to, like, asking for it's, help. Because especially it, when yeah. it's your partner, the person that you're, yeah. like, the most vulnerable to, if you're pouring out your heart to them and they, instead of empathizing with you, the first thing they say is, have you thought about it this way? Or, mm-hmm. well, 
do you think she could have meant this? And they're playing devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. There's nothing worse than that, you know, because that's especially when you're just not emotionally sober, yeah. because that's those are questions for an emotionally sober person. So it's just unfair yeah. in a sense, you mm-hmm. know, for, for to be to be always about the logic. And and the other thing that I've been noticing, because this is something, <clears throat> like I said, I'm trying to <laughs> fix in myself <laughs> um, or no, I'm just trying to gain more balance is really the right term. We're definitely magicians on ourselves. You and oh, I. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. We're definitely in that archetype. Um, but what I was going to say is that I've noticed that it also is exhausting, you know, and I can tell even the people that I'm counseling, you know, when I'm mm-hmm. doing that, that they feel like, you know what, I'm probably draining a lot of your energy by you because I put a lot of energy into mm-hmm. like, OK, here's how I would go about this. OK, what have you thought about this way? You mm-hmm. know, and all these angles. And it is draining. And I, I it's also uh, invigorating for me. Like I, it's literally what I live for yeah. in a sense. But at the end of it, you can be like, okay, all I'm doing is giving, 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 mm-hmm. and I'm not just setting mm-hmm. back and allowing life to happen and stop thinking mm-hmm. all the time, you know? I will say that because I do know that when I go to you and Paige, that you guys are really going to like give your all to it and put a lot of energy into it. Sometimes I'm mm-hmm. like, I got to pick and choose my battles. Is this a big enough deal to take to them? Because they're going to really like, <laughs> so there's some days where I'm like, feel like I'm really struggling with something and I'm it. like, uh-huh. it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Yeah, because then you're going to have to do the energy of like, okay, now I have to apply whatever is being asked of me here. Yeah. (laughs) And for listeners, Paige, the reference there is Paige Beersdorfer, who we actually had on Mm -hmm. um, in one of our earlier episodes. If you want to learn anything more about her, she's one of our special friends of the show. All right. So, fam, before we sign off, we want to remind you of the little giveaway that we've got going on for our Magic Mob. Basically, all you have to do is leave us a rating and review on your podcast app. Right now, you can do it as you're listening. And once you've written your review, just snapshot it and post it to your IG, your Instagram. Tag our Instagram, which is at the Magic Hour, if you're not already following. And remember, that's spelled M-A-J-I-C for magic. By the way, guys, that's for Mercedes. It's spelled that way for Mercedes and Jade. Every time I tell people it's, yeah, M-A-J-I-C, Mercedes and Jade, they're like, oh, I thought it's so easy to figure out, but apparently it's not. (laughs) So, um, yeah, if you tag us there, we will see that snapshot. And when we first came up with it, we were like, that's gold. (laughs) I know. Hey, it worked. Here we are, man. Um, All right, magic mothers, magic mothers. Wait, I didn't tell them the prize, Jade. Uh, I just, I, uh, God, Jade. <laughs> so look, guys, take a snapshot of the review you write for the podcast <laughs> on your podcast app. Do it now. Once you post that snapshot on your Instagram, tag the magic hour. We'll take a look at it. And if we choose you, which we may, very may likely do, we're going to be picking a couple winners each month to get a $100 Amazon gift card. So I want to get you guys paid. Yes. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and taking this journey with us, y'all. If this episode held some magic for you, please share it with your friends and family. This would mean so much to us. And don't forget to join us on our Instagram page at The Magic Hour and let us know what your favorite episodes have been so far. We appreciate all your feedback and we really want to know what's lighting you up. Yes, and we release a new episode every Monday so you guys can catch us again next week of course or go listen to some of our past episodes in our podcast library like i was mentioning page or many many others that are in there we will meet you there until then be a light <laughs> big thank you to at rayton royal for our intro jam and to john aaron garza from real in motion productions for producing the show stay magical friends quick disclaimer
We are not medical professionals, so following any of our protocols or advice should be done at your own risk, people. And please remember to always, always do your own research. Tap into that extraordinary growth mindset we all have access to within ourselves and seek out your own answers. Come on, guys, you know, you know the deal. And by the way, if you are a medical professional or an expert in any topic we cover and you feel we are not giving accurate information about it, please find somewhere to contact us. Contact us via social or email us at our website and let us know. A major goal of ours in doing this podcast is to bring value to people's lives by sharing helpful insights and info. So we welcome being corrected at any time and we'll be happy to share any of our fuck ups with our listeners so as to get us all back on track to discovering our happiest, healthiest selves.